Hey, Tuma here. Welcome back to Diversity and Representation in Books, hosted by the owner of Tuma's Books, an online bookstore offering a carefully curated selection of culturally diverse books by authors of color. We aim to share stories that will validate, inspire, and teach. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So, it's been a minute since I released a new podcast. I had a feeling that I would struggle with being more consistent with these. Um, but, you know, kudos to me for coming on to record a third episode. So, it's just life has just been really busy. With it being the summer, I've been doing more in-person events for two months books. Um, and as an introvert, those really take a lot out of me. And I'm also teaching summer school, so then there's no, like, downtime during the week. Um, but, yeah, so it's just been a lot. But anyway, um, so July reads, that's what we're here to talk about. So I had one of my steadiest reading months because Bookshop and Libro FM did a collab where they created the summer reading challenge of our dreams, right? Um, a lot of us millennials, we definitely felt nostalgic about summer reading challenges as a kid and being able to win things like pan pizzas and whatnot. So they put a challenge together for us um, for the summer. And that really helped me be consistent. I was able to maintain um, a streak for 32 days. 32 days of reading daily. And then I missed a few days. Because of a jam-packed weekend, I wanted to cry. Um, but, <laughs> it, I mean, it was worth it. I was defeated by a really great pop-up in the Bronx. And a picnic slash pool day with some friends and family. Um, so that was worth it, right? I can't keep abandoning my people. But yeah, so I'm back on track, kind of. Um, I'm on day three, and I think the challenge ends in a few days, um, as of when I was recording this. Actually, today's August 5th, and I think it ends tomorrow. So, um, But yeah, it was really fun. But here's what's crazy. Despite all of my reading, I've only actually finished two books in July. And this is the struggle with being a mood reader. Like, if you know, you know. I can be completely enjoying a book and yet I don't feel like reading it. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's almost like the book is so good that I want to savor it and I'm afraid of like finishing it too quickly. Sometimes it's my mood is not in the right place. Like I feel overly stressed or overwhelmed. And so I feel like the book deserves better, like a better version of me, a more relaxed version of me. I don't know. It's me like trying to make sense of it. You know, after years of this is just the kind of reader I am. Um, so, yeah. So, if you're curious about what I've been quote unquote currently reading for July because my actual um, July wrap up would just be two books. Um, here's what I've been reading and a couple of thoughts. So, Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo, the queen. Right? I love her work so much. So I was super, super hyped when I heard that she was releasing a debut um, adult novel. So I immediately got the e-arc from NetGalley. And being a bookseller, <clears throat> I get approved pretty quickly um, through NetGalley. And I feel a little bad um, because I'm so bad with keeping up with them. So I managed to snag it as soon as almost the book was announced. And yet the pub day was August 1st and I'm only about halfway through. Um, I think part of my struggle is I'm loving the writing and the language, of course. But I'm finding it hard to connect to the characters. Maybe because there's so many of them to keep track of, but they're each interesting in their own way. But I think because we keep switching perspectives, it's hard for me to kind of really get to know a character. I also wonder if it's because it's in 
like I'm reading on my Kindle because if it's an ebook and I do prefer physical books, um, if that's, you know, making it hard for me to really connect. So I plan on getting a physical copy eventually, um, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, I also gave Get a Life Chloe Brown a try because it was highly recommended by a friend and it was perfect for Disability Pride Month last year. I mean, last month. But Chloe was just really annoying and kind of immature. Like, the way her and, like, her potential love interests were, like, getting into these weird misunderstandings that didn't have to happen and how she wasn't accepting that, like, some of the things she was doing that he could be judging her about, like, she actually did. Like, you retaliating against an old lady and, like, pulling stuff into her mailbox. Like, that's so immature. Like, I just couldn't. And then she's justifying it as, like, he should understand what came before. I don't know. It was just really annoying. And I, I imagine that there's going to be some kind of growth, like, you know, throughout her experience. But I just didn't have the patience to keep reading for that. So I kind of abandoned it. Um, next up is Chain Gang All-Stars. I've been reading, listening to the audiobook for months, since like May or something. And I am really loving it. It's such an interesting storyline. It's such a unique and fresh concept while making really powerful commentary about our justice system. But I, because it's an audiobook, I tend to listen to, read audiobooks um, in the car. So I haven't been driving much since summer school started because literally I got placed at a, at a school that's like a seven minute walk for me, which is nice because I can get some daily exercise in and get my little walks in. But yeah, so it's taken me a while to get through the book. I randomly, you know, tried listening while I'm, you know, just kind of sitting around and relaxing. But I think for me, I need to be moving my body in order for my brain to be able to listen to audiobooks. So that's been a challenge. But oh my God, it's so good. And I'm almost done with it, I think. Um, I think it's harder to track with audiobooks. But I think I'm at the 80% mark. Next up is A Physical Arc of the Making of Yolanda La Bruja, which was published in April. Which means I've had this like physical arc for who knows how long. Um, it is now August and I am still trucking along. I did binge like a good 50 pages the other day, but this book is so good. Like I'm really enjoying it. It's so like New York City and I feel at home and like I just love Yolanda, the main character, so much. Like she's just New York City. She's like the home girl. But I also love that she's realistically like she's not perfect, right? Like so she's realistic and sometimes there are moments where she's like annoying and I'm like Yolanda girl, like get it together. But then she comes to a realization. I do feel like the book is dragging a little bit. Like, they just keep throwing in, like, more, like, twists and turns to keep the conflict going. I also think, I don't know, this might sound a little wrong, but I also feel like it's trying too hard to, like, represent as many things as possible or include as many things as possible. So Yolanda is hard of hearing, so she wears a hearing aid. She's deaf, which is awesome, right? I love that representation. It's perfect for Disability Pride Month as well. <clears throat> and I like that it's just kind of normalized, that she just has an hearing aid. And sometimes she intentionally chooses not to put it on. She doesn't want to listen to other people's mess. Um, and I feel like that's real. So um, that I enjoy. Um, then it's just, you know, different representation is just kind of thrown in that I feel like it's trying a little too hard to be like diverse but you know actually no I think I'm just you know being a little nitpicky it's really good I'm really enjoying it I love how it's normalizing mental health Yolanda goes to see a therapist um who uses they them pronouns so again more diversity um thrown into the novel I'm just like Ben is just stressing me out and I just need the novel to end and see 
how it all turns out and maybe that's like that <laughs> making me be more critical than I should be because honestly it's great and I'm really loving the novel every time I pick it up I'm like you know really hooked in so next is Undercover Latina which is an audiobook that I started with my summer school kiddos they were talking about how they had to do summer reading and I'm like well since we're here from 8 to 4 o'clock right it's a really long program um we, you might as well get some reading in so I started playing the audiobook from them What's really great about Libra FM is that you can download the audiobook files, so then it makes it easy for me to like play it out loud in the classroom, which is really great. Um, and they also have like an educator arc program, so any educators out there, please make sure you sign up. You get one free advanced listening copy a month that you can use in the classroom or for yourself, honestly. So Undercover Latina is really fun. Um, it's, you know... A Latinx girl from a spy family and she has to go to an undercover mission to this you know preppy white school and she has to pretend pass for white right and she gets chosen because she's able to right so the novel the book kind of addresses like colorism in that way and it's funny because like my students are like just so hard on um dang what's her name I'm forgetting her name Andrea they're so hard on Andrea and they're like why is she talking like that why does she keep complaining about having to pretend to be white and I'm just like and these are also like suburban kids, so I wonder if that's part of it too. And I'm very like, you know, I'm used to teaching in Harlem, um, so it's very different. Um, but I'm like, do they realize this? But then what's funny is that two of my students, they're twins, they went, um, they took a vacation off and they went to Connecticut. And when they came back, they suddenly understood, and they're also Brazilian um, American. And so when they came back from their trip from Connecticut, they suddenly understood Andrea a lot better. And they was like, oh my God, we get it. Um, we were the only like people of color there and like everyone talks differently and we definitely like felt like we didn't fit in i'm like you see so what andrea is going through is is actually legit so they've really been enjoying the audiobook in that way um next i picked up atomic habits um as an ebook library loan it's a rare read by a white male author because i don't really read them anymore like that um, but i have some bad habits that i want to kick and some that I want to pick up so I can live to 90 and be an annoying, sassy old lady. Like, I want to be fit when I'm an old lady. Um, and so I got to put in that work now and start working out regularly and start eating better, start sleeping better, all of that. Um, but I just have, like, certain habits that kind of get into the way of that. So I was like, you know, this book is so well-known. It's everywhere. So let me give it a quick skim. Um, I'm only chapter one in. So all I've done is track my, like, my routine to see what habits I need to kick. And I haven't done much else. Um, earlier in the month, I read Yoke, and so I was able to finish that earlier in the month. So that's one of my books that I finished. I really love this story. I feel like there aren't too many books about sisters. Um, and so as someone who has five young, four younger siblings, two of which are girls, um, I, I just really enjoy like sisterly bonding and like books about that. So even though <clears throat> Jane and ooh, June, Jane and June, um, definitely like fought a lot more than me and my sisters ever did uh, part of it is that i'm older and there's a gap between me and my sisters so there's more of an authority figure there so we're not as much like nitpicky but the two of them fight in the same way that june and jane sometimes do but anyway um i thought it was a really also powerful representation of like disordered eating and what that might look like um because i kind of know the textbook definition of it but i just seeing someone else's experiences gave me you know a much better perspective of like how difficult it can be and um it isn't that the reason why we read diversity and why it's so important right we think we know what something is like but we truly don't 
and why we can't go around asking people who suffer like what it's like because that would be rude um reading diversity is a way to kind of expand our thinkings expand our horizons and our perspectives um so that we can understand where other people are coming from and then i impulsively borrowed wash day diaries from the library and i read it in one sitting and oh my god i love that book so much graphic novels are a, a joy of mine and this one about adult female friendships um you know taking place in the bronx it just felt like i smiled through the whole thing and it was just so touching and i think it's definitely one of my favorite reads of 2023 um and i would now be recommending it to everybody and their grandmother and their aunties um along with as long as the lemon trees grow those are going to be my my two go-to so far um for 2023 but yeah so that was one two three four five six seven eight nine books attempted and only two succeeded and i'm still kind of reading the other ones let's see if i finish them in august um but honestly i'm not mad about it right because i'm still proud of myself for the consistent reading and reading every day even if it was jumping around different books um i'm reading some really good stuff so eventually i'll finish through them and give you my full thoughts on them but it's been a good reading month and here's too many more good reading months that's all for today thanks so much for listening to another episode of diversity and bipoc representation in books book rep matters so let's read diversely together until next time bye